What was your least favorite part about being in the film room? Being in the film in room? The film room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you will go and watch a Marvel movie back to back, but you won't go watch the game that you just played. Absolutely. <laughs> Welcome to WRTS. We run this station, the Athlete Run Podcast channel presented by Uninterrupted. I'm former NFL player turned producer, Spencer Pacinger, and as usual, I'm here. Actually, we have like everybody today. I'm yeah. here with Dave Mork. Yo. <laughs> producer Matt. I'm here. And our resident villain, TD. What's hey up, yo, man? what's happening? We're all here. <laughs> this is the Film Study Podcast where we preview and review the biggest blockbusters out in Hollywood right now. So, what's up? That's, and meticulous detail, meticulous detail, football like. Detail, football yeah. like. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of studying on these films. <laughs> yeah. What was your least favorite part about being in the film room, like the back fact, when you played? The fact that I was being in the film in room. The film room. I fucking hated watching. <laughs> I hated watching film when it came to playing, especially after the fact. After I'm done playing the game, get that shit away from me. It's on to the <laughs> next know, one. You know, the only time I ever got hyped is when you would walk into a class and you'd see that TV that was rolled in <laughs> and you'd be like, fuck yeah, we're watching movies today. And that still kind of haunts me because that's how football was set up too. It's weird because after away games when we're flying back and I'm talking like the, the dead of night, one, two o'clock in the morning, that was a time when I would write. That's the time when I would watch like dope movies on the plane. But then guys like Jelani Jenkins and Kiko Alonso would walk up to me like, hey man, let's, re let's rewatch the film that we just played like two hours ago. I'm like, Get it away from me. I don't yeah. want to see. This is this is my decompressing right now. Yeah. I don't want to watch this shit. But yeah. what? Three what years are you later, guys breaking down? Obviously, Kiko, linebacker like you were. Like, what is specifically you guys breaking down? Like, you missed tackles. Miss, I big, mean, big runs. Like, yeah, because we know we're about to get, whether we lost, we know we we're going to get fucking killed in the meeting room the next day. So, so you're prepping how you're about to get. We're prepping, like, our get out murdered. scheme. Like, <laughs> hey, coach, I, no, no, I saw something different over here. That's what made me react this way when clearly not happening at all. You got to prep those excuses. It's it's weird. A lot of coaches, and I, we're like diving hella deep into this, but a lot of coaches watch the stripe on your helmet in the film to tell where you're looking. Yeah. So you can't really lie about where exactly you're looking because they're like, the stripe on your helmet didn't turn that way. I'm like, no, I, my eyes did though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, no, I... Yeah, anxiety. <laughs> that'd be that'd be terrible. Yeah, um, but you will go and watch a Marvel movie back to back, but you won't go watch the game that you just played. Absolutely. And I used to get a lot I, of I shit for that. My I parents would be like, "You remember the dumbest movie stuff, but you can't yeah. remember things in sports or things at home." I'm like, yeah, they, they I care about it. A yeah. lot of actors don't watch their own projects, right? When, right. Once it's done, I wonder if that's like like for Spencer. I hate watching myself on film. Really? I hated watching myself on film because I'm like. Who the fuck is this guy? Do you feel weird when you see yourself on All American? Yes. <laughs> I cringe. Do you feel weird when you listen back to this podcast? Yes. Film study here on WRTS. Yes, because my voice sounds different in my head. Yes. So when I hear it on audio, I'm like, yes. who's this stuffy ass guy right here? Who's this nasally guy right here? I love how this has turned into like a Spencer deep dive. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting yeah. like pelted right now. This was reflective. Dane, how's your it's day? Like it was good. I'm still on that come down. I was at a winery for the past three days for a wedding and uh, everything hurts. So uh, yeah, I'm ready to get going and talk movies. Well, first off, Let's just real quick. Happy National Gorgeous Grandma Day, everybody. I know that's something you guys started when I was gone of talking right. about the national holidays. So I just wanted to extend it 
over to everyone else the so we can celebrate of random national holidays. Hey, Planting a flag in that. My grandmothers were fucking gorgeous. Yeah, as you can see, <laughs> no, the jeans too. over here. They, so. they had to be right. <laughs> Did not shout out to me. Milbury and Leslie. Yeah. Rest in peace. Kind of interesting they included the gorgeous in it. Can't yeah. just be happy national grandma day. Or do we already oh, have that? Like, is there like an ugly grandma that's There's like, g- fuck. Are there three grandma days? day will come. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, shit, not today. I didn't see you going there, Spencer, but maybe I, I was thinking you were going to go more so in the Aunt May direction when, you know, Spider-Man hey. has some kids. Always appreciation post. And Peter yeah. Parker and uh, MJ get together. Marissa Tomei. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> you know what the love is. Make sure you subscribe to WRTS uh, wherever you get your podcasts and check out Film Study Pod on Twitter and Instagram. We post some pretty fun stuff over there. Coming up on the show today, we're going to do a Lion King review. But first, as always, actually not as always, this is a little different. This is the super hot takes, the Comic-Con, the big, the big boy of them all. <laughs> So mm-hmm. we're going to be diving into a bunch of things that were announced a bunch at Comic Con. There was a lot of things. And for those of you listening for the first time, Hot Takes is the section of this podcast where we break down trending topics in the film world with fiery, hot, hot opinions. So first off, we have. I'm going to break these down a little differently. So we're going to break down Marvel just in general, but we're going to break them down into different. They announced Hot a takes. lot. A lot. Marvel was back in Hall H, and they did a lot. Yep. So, so we're going to start off with the Marvel 2020 movies. That's Black Widow and Eternal. So, Dane, take one. You may not like this, but Black Widow will be the best MCU movie of that phase four. Boo. 100%. It will have I'm some getting of the best acting, but I don't think it's going to be Winter, the best Sol- Winter Soldier vibes, mm-hmm. Red Sparrow done right, after <laughs> Civil War, so they're not going back. So you're not like, oh, why is Natasha like this? No, it's it's... It's going to be great. It's Scarlett Johansson. It's David Harbour. It's Rachel Weiss. That's crazy. We were just talking about Florence it. Florence Pugh, who uh, just had a great role in Fighting With My Family. Yes. Um, yes. As Yelena Malabova. She's like the other Black Widow. Yeah. This uh, other woman. And Taskmaster, which is a pretty famous Marvel villain, um, will be making his MCU debut. And that actually is the first one out the gate. I believe that's May 1st, 2020. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'm hyped for this film. I watched that whole panel. I'm a... I'm a big fan of Rachel Weisz. So yeah. I actually want her to have a pretty big slash dope role in the Marvel Universe. So hopefully this sets her up for years to come. I don't want this to be a one-off story like they've done with a lot of other, you know, big, huge names. Yeah. They get in for one movie, they kill it, and you never hear from them again. So I'm hoping Rachel Weisz, this is kind of turning into, we talked about this before, where it's getting to the point where Hollywood if you are somebody in Hollywood, you are attached to something in the Marvel Universe. Yes. It's the biggest draw in Hollywood right now. So if they can keep Rachel Weisz on for a couple movies, I will see every single one first weekend. And we talked a little bit about this with Jesse, too. We were just talking about how cool it is to be able to like throw on spandex now in 2019. Jesse T. Usher, by the way. Yeah, Jesse T. Listen, Usher. Back to Jesse T. Usher. Podcast. Great interview. Great interview yep. last week. And, you know, who wouldn't? And if anything, this panel was such a flex on Marvel's part of just like, this is the star power we have now. And Black Widow kicked it off. I mean, David Harbour looks stoked to be there with the Hellboy disaster (laughs) behind him. You know, he's wearing a Captain America shirt up on the panel because he's playing apparently the Russian version of Captain America, (laughs) Red Guardian, real clever. But uh, (laughs) I think Weiss will be like kind of like that overseeing uh, presence for like the Black Widow program, like in Russia. She'll she'll be she'll probably be the main villain is what I'm what I'm guessing. Um, 
But I would love for her to be in like a, a a Tony Stark role, like a Russian Tony Stark role. Yeah, overseeing just the combat and everything from because we don't really. It's kind of hazy how Black Widow came up for you know the casual fans. Right. So if she's in that that head role. I love it. If, if you guys haven't watched it yet, go watch The Favorite. I'm ready for the Russian ambassador. Who did your makeup? We went for something dramatic. Do you like it? You look like a badger. Oh, are you going to cry? Really? Really dope movie. Dialogue was fucking amazing, and she hit on every note. So if we can bring that into the Marvel Universe, all good. Yeah. Before so we get to Eternals really quick, story. I love the comparison you made. Like, almost like Winter Soldier's yeah. dub, like Taskmaster is almost like Crossbones to the next level, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. It's like, from what we've heard so far is that the action scenes in this, this, this movie has the most action scenes of any Marvel yeah. movie. So I think they really have to lean into that. Obviously, Scarlet and Black Widow, they don't have, she doesn't have any superpowers. Uh, I do have to point out though, I'm gonna try to throw in some sports tie-ins here, and that's about yeah, what I do please. in the villain role, but going back to the cast, so OT, Fagbanile, and I, I messed that up. Yes, that's I, what we I, do on that podcast. Shame yes. for me being hey, thanks, for take, thanks for taking that one. I that had it down. I was like, ah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm fully ashamed because I'm Nigerian and obviously it's a Nigerian <laughs> name. But Ot is actually his sister. Uh, we actually have the first name Ola Tunde, which is my full first name. But oh, his wow. sister is a WNBA player and an Olympian. So oh wow! There you go. And there are wow. a few more athletes in this cast that you know Marvel announced overall. But uh, yeah, just you know, really, really good stuff here with Black Widow. But what are you guys' thoughts on uh, internals? You know, I'm looking at this cast, and the cast, it's there. You have Richard Madden, you have Kamal uh, Najiani. Rob Stark. Did you I got it. it right? Mm. Yeah. It. Damn, I'm, I'm only here to make sure you guys know. <laughs> that was huge for, for you. Right. Way to go. <laughs> I think I might have practiced that a little yeah, bit before yeah, the yeah, call. Yeah. Uh, Brian Tyree Henry, who obviously everybody knows him as Paperboy, but Paper these, Bar. and again, Angelina Jolie was the biggest get. And from it's it's a great cast. I'm just hoping there's not too much star power in it to where that you're kind of trying to figure out, you know, how much screen time each person can get to shine. I, yeah, I agree with that. Um, there is a lot of star power and there was on that stage. Um, but this movie, I feel like with a lot of what they're doing in this phase is they're going back and they're like, they're connecting pieces through these phases and like the Eternals, whether we know it or not, like they've been there for 35,000 years you know, in the comics. And apparently that's what Kevin Feige was saying. They're a group of immortals on earth, 35,000 years. They were created by the celestials mm -hmm. and the celestials were presented in guardians of the galaxy in that old flashback. Yep. Yeah. And even is nowhere Thanos was that big celestial. No, he's an eternal. He's eternal. Thanos is going to be in this movie. A mm. hundred. I, I, I think that that would be my uh, guess, but um, you know, that scene in guardians of the galaxy where they're, they fly into that head called nowhere. Yeah. That's a dead celestial. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's the head of one. So they're, you know, they're, they're, taking all the brain tissue and all that stuff, like they said. And so we'll probably see that happen. Uh, we'll maybe even a younger Thanos, like you said. Exactly. A younger Thanos, who was actually kind of, the Eternals didn't accept him. Mm -hmm. So that was part of his arc. So you could learn a lot more about him um, through this. But uh, And there was actually some concept art for Endgame that was released that showed a young Thanos yeah. with some Eternals. There was talk that before Infinity War, or Infinity War essentially could have been just a Thanos prequel movie. 100%. So I think, you know, mm -hmm. that could sort of tie into what they're trying to do here with Eternals, right? Yeah, no, and I, I, I think they're going to do it well. I mean, look, Angelina Jolie signing on to this. I mean, star power alone, it must be yeah. a pretty tight script. Yeah. I need, when they go galactic here, I yeah. need to understand where I am a little bit more. For sure. I need a map. Yeah. yeah. I need a map of the all the galaxies they the go to. Because I have no idea yeah. where everything is. I need reference points. Would, this is also Marvel's uh, entry point into mythology, 
where yeah. like you know dc relies heavily on like the Ares and like yep. the stuff like that but for for this this is more about olympia and greece i mean if you look at the names angelina jolie's playing a, uh, a role named thena mm-hmm. uh, richard madden's playing icarus you know these names um a lot of them were in the greek olympic era mm-hmm. and so uh it's going to be cool to see i think it's going to be i think we're going to bounce around uh as a period piece. Yep. Um, I think we're going to pick up in present day. We're going to start in present day and kind of go back. And um, I'm just stoked to see Angelina Jolie lead an MCU film. That's yeah. going to be pretty impressive. I think this might be the one Marvel movie that is a, really a one-off. I don't mm-hmm. know if there is yeah. a sequel or any of that. I think, to your point, it's going to set things up that we now understand better for the future films. Mm-hmm. But I think this is legitimately going to be a one-off. And I almost see it. I know Jolie is the biggest name on here, but I really see this as an ensemble cast. Like, that's what oh, it yeah. feels mm-hmm. like. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, no, no sports tie in here, but you know, Kamal and Najiani, um, but we brought it up just before the taping of how 10 years ago, thereabouts at Comic-Con, he was interviewing Stan Lee <laughs> yeah, and crazy, now man. as essentially like an online blog boy. And then now he's in a Marvel movie. So that's, you know, it's pretty amazing. It's almost like getting drafted. That's what it yeah. felt like. That's what it feels like for all these actors coming out on stage. It's like, oh, now you're the number one pick and you know. It's pretty amazing, actually. Because you, I mean, his star has been rising the past, like, what, two, three years. Yeah. He, he just was in uh, Men in Black International. He yep. has a movie out currently Stuber. called Stuber. And he's just landed this role, so he's ascending. Yeah. He's, he's like, he, again, he's like that undrafted player that yeah. fucking signs a multi-million dollar contract. Yeah. And walking out on that stage, I mean, it's such a moment for those people because a lot of them don't really get into the comic book stuff. And then when they do, they're like, holy shit, (laughs) Comic-Con is wild. (laughs) And it was funny, the little girl, she's playing an eternal name, Sprite, her name is Leah McHugh. She hasn't really been anything. She did Into the Dark on Hulu, um, a couple episodes of that. But she was sitting up there like shaking. Like, Mm -hmm. I watched these with my family. Like, oh my God. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, you could see and all all the actors were reacting to her. And it was just really cool to see this really matters to them. And uh, I think this cast looks really, really great. It's really diverse. And I think this movie... I know the least about this film, but I am really excited for it. After Black Widow. That's also a great way to cast young actors is to actually have people who are passionate about it. I know that's how Hunger Games did it is that Mm -hmm. they like got uh, kids that were fans of the show Mm -hmm. or I'm sorry, of the the books. books, Got it. uh, To be in it. And it makes it a lot more passionate. Yeah. You you give a shit. Exactly. That bleeds through. That definitely bleeds through. For sure. So I'm stoked on Eternals. Marvel 2021, right? We have Shang-Chi, Doctor Strange, and Thor. Spencer, take two. This will be the best stretch of Marvel films of the past 10 years. Wow. Because, you know, think about it. You have Shang-Chi coming out. Um, The Mandarin is going to be the villain in it. It's the legend of the... The real Mandarin. The real Mandarin. And we still don't even know, like, what that story is technically about. But uh, it's called Shang-Chi, Legend of the Ten Rings. Then you have Doctor Strange, which is going to be Marvel's first horror movie yes it's kind of insane to think that they're about to dive into this world just knowing the technology and the backing that they have of disney anything's on the table now for them um you have thor love and thunder i'm i'm like kind of excited about that i'll, I'll tell you about my natalie portman like thoughts soon <laughs> then then you have blade which technically isn't really a phase four film they just announced it and we assume it's coming out in what 2022 i believe they said it it'll, it's likely a phase five but the fact that you have mahershala ali which is when you think about it mahershala ali is probably the most decorated actor in the marvel universe right now Easily. he's a two-time oscar winner Easily. and he's true detective he's f- literally flying as high as can be right now so 
The fact that they got him as Blade is a game changer. And you knew they had to do one announcement. Because they, they usually to. do these, like they did Brie Larson uh, as Captain Marvel. They did Josh Brolin as Thanos. They all rolled those people out late in the game, just like they did with, uh, with Blade. The thing... Doctor Strange could be the link to all these films. Yes. And that's what's that's what's so interesting. And technically Mysterio and Spider-Man Far From Home wasn't wrong. There is a multiverse. Yeah. And um, I think we're going to see that. Um, I don't know how they're going to blend it. Elizabeth Olsen is also in this film, which I think will connect to a Disney Plus series, which we'll get to. But um, well, it looks great. Scott Derrickson, you know, like you said, the first uh, Marvel horror film. Yeah. I mean, he's done Sinister. Yeah. Sinister 2. He did the extra some as Emily Rose. I mean, he's done horror films. He knows that genre. So like we've talked about on the pod before, a lot of these horror uh, directors are coming out of these big budget films and they're balancing that character and that action that suspense so well. And I love the first Doctor Strange. Yeah. That's a fucking hard movie to pull off. <laughs> that is so hard to pull off. And I thought Scott Derrickson did such a good job. So what this one looks batshit crazy just by the title. It kind of gives me like a Alice in Wonderland vibe. They said yeah. it's going to be the scariest, scariest Marvel, Marvel yeah, movie. Yeah, and, and that's they, he's the right one to do it. They kind of they kind of gave us a hint of what they can do in the Marvel universe with Spider Man uh, yeah. Far From Home. Right, there were some scenes in there that were kind of leaned on the horror side of things. So yeah. the uh, Doctor Strange movie is called uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of yeah. Madness. And Kevin Feige came out and said, just because Quentin Beck made up lies about the multiverse doesn't mean it isn't real. So yeah. a lot of people after watching Spider-Man Far From Home, they assume that, oh, he was just bullshitting. There is no multiverse. But <laughs> literally, Doctor, it's in the Doctor Strange title. So yep. it's confirmed that there is a multiverse. My only thing is, is if we're getting into multiverse, does that... And does that technically mean Marvel can have different universes at play in the same time in production? You know what I mean? Yeah, the, yeah with Loki, yeah. Loki right? Yeah. A, yeah, technically. Yeah, yeah. but it's, Loki's going to be on Disney Plus, and, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But if we're talking about how we know the Avengers took place in this universe, can can Marvel do an Avenger-like story arc? with two different stories that we actually care yeah. about could they have two universes in play in the movies at the same time and it not confuse they people they could I see what yeah. you're saying it's, it opens up a can of worms right because yeah. usually you don't go to the multiverse and retcon thing mm -hmm. until you run into issues and you mm -hmm. need to you need to you know erase them and then start all over so I'm interested in seeing what exactly they do here. Obviously, they teased it in Far From Home, yep. and you know, we'll, you know, we'll see what ha happens. One quick thing I do want to point out: I love when movie titles that feel like sentences, like yeah. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse. It's like a ride, Madness. dude. This sounds like, like, Star, a, like Star Goosebumps. Trek. It's, it's, a ride, a it's a ride take. at Disneyland. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Crazy. Exactly. That's a hot take. That, that's like Star Trek in the darkness. Like it's not like a call, semi colon or nothing. It's just like yeah. one sentence, right? Yeah. Um, but no, let's let's move over really quick to you know you know Shang. Shang Shang Chi. I'm messing up. I was I'm saying was, like I'm just going out there to say it. I'm not the one fucking them. Hey, movie hey, titles. Hey, <laughs> my bad. Because uh, I was thinking about the actor, lead actor's name, who's playing Shang Chi. Yes, yes. Simu Liu. Yes. Right. All right. So his story is interesting. Simu. Accountant. Simu. Yes. Accountant to actor. Really, really tight friends with Jeremy Lin. Right, mm -hmm. and he's Canadian. Shout out to our guy Chris, editor composer, is Canadian <laughs> in the house. Canadian, Asian Canadian. Um, interesting thing about him is that he nice. called this out yeah. on Twitter like years ago. He was tweeting at Marvel like, "Yeah, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this character." That's crazy. Um, and he ended up actually getting it five days or three or four days before it was announced. That, that's what they said. He got the part on. He auditioned on Tuesday. 
got the part on Thursday, and then he was flying to Comic Con on Saturday. That's insane. Talk about a dope week. I'm gonna start <laughs> tweeting at All American. Yeah. <laughs> But hey, shoot higher. I'm going to start treating that Marvel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, uh, yeah, Simu Liu's playing the you know title character. Um, and yeah, I think we're fine. That's going to be big. That's going to be, that drops in Chinese New Year in 2021. And this is a, this kind is of a lengthy title going too. to be huge. Yeah. Legend of the Ten Rings, which for anybody who's been watching the Iron Man movies, the Ten Rings are a big presence. I don't think Ben Kingsley will be in this movie. <laughs> but uh, I think he should get a cameo, right? He yeah. should get a cameo so they can address it and be like, what was that all about? At least have him in prison and be like, I told you it wasn't Well, they me. did a one-off, sh- one, one yeah. short, I don't know how you say it. One but, shot. Yeah, one shot with, a, with him where he basically is in jail and he's confessing he's not the real Mandarin or something along those lines. But um, I'm excited. Uh, Daniel Cretton, uh, he did Just Mercy with Michael B. Jordan and uh, Jamie Foxx, which people loved. And, yes. Um, Shane Chi was actually created by Jim Starlin, who created Thanos. Yeah. And amazing. so, yeah, it all connects, man. Spencer, let's Can, get your thoughts on uh, Thor, listen, Love, and Thunder here. I've been waiting to talk about Thor, Love, and Thunder because when you look at the title, I get uh, Thundercat vibes. Yep. That's what I... Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. The color, the blocking, He-Man. everything. He-Man. It's, yep. it's definitely Thundercat vibes. So I imagine uh, Taika Waititi is going to... Did I say it right? Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. killing it today. Oh, oh, yeah. Taika Waititi. Like, hey, watch out, TV. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> but, you know, he is a fan favorite. He directed Thor Ragnarok. Uh, he wrote and directed, I believe, right? He wrote uh, and directed... Yep. Uh, he, yep. he co-wrote. Co-wrote, yes. Help, help right. But, you know, the big... The big uh, reveal was Natalie Portman is reprising her role and she will potentially be female Thor. She will be. And she, yeah. she will be. Yeah. So there's been a bunch of articles talking about how will Marvel actually use Natalie Portman's star power finally, blah, 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 when it feels like, no, Natalie Portman is actually using Marvel star power. Absolutely. Marvel is the biggest get in Hollywood right now. If you can get a role in Marvel, you're secure for at least the next five or six years if you have a reoccurring role. So before, it felt like Natalie Portman Played this role, didn't really care for it too much, and that's why she wasn't really involved as much as... Well, her movies weren't that good. Exactly. <laughs> uh, we were just talking yeah, about yeah, this, how yeah. like... So that doesn't uh, help. The first Thor and Dark World were like complete trash, so maybe she stepped away from it, but the star power that it's been garnering for the past couple of years, the Ascension, you know, uh, shout out to Avengers Endgame just surpassed Avatar as the, the yep. highest grossing film in history. But she's looking at it now like, wait, let me get back on this train. Yeah. yeah. Let me get she back on this. She saw Ragnarok. Exactly. Yeah. So I think the, you know, the articles coming out saying like, hopefully Marvel would do right by Natalie Portman. I'm like, no, nah, Natalie Portman better bring her fucking A game so she can get back on track. Just want to be perfect. You know what? want to be perfect you get these actors and they do these films and like natalie like they'd interview her and say like are you coming back to marvel and she'd be like ah yeah yeah whatever but like you know how much changes in like four or five years <laughs> yeah like dark world is what 2013 so six years yeah so yeah. she hasn't done a film in forever but she was alluded to quite a bit which was weird to yeah. me especially in endgame because you're like well she was we, technically we in dropped it. this off she yeah, was, she was yeah. yeah she technically was in endgame um but i'm I'm really excited for this. I know. I know her. Her uh, that kind of bothers you that she's in this. It doesn't. But, it doesn't. No. It doesn't bother me. It, it's it's a good it's a good take though. It's a good take. I mean, I would say that even Chris Hemsworth wasn't super happy after not just yeah. the first two Thor movies, but also Age of Ultron. Yes. He was like, uh, I don't know. Do the then, same shit. 
Taika yeah. came in and that obviously changed. Um, fun fact, by the way. So her shot in Endgame, that's a, that was an extra shot from Dark from World. From Dark World, mm-hmm. yeah. And able to just kind of work that in with a, a with an extra as well. So no, no, it's a great it's a great point overall. But what's interesting to me too about this movie is I saw on Reddit how people thought this was like the first because this got announced like a week before Comic Con right. or four, and people thought this was like the first Marvel movie that was ever like backed by popular demand. And that made sense. I almost feel like, oh, you never go four movies. You have the trilogy and you keep rolling. But seeing this at Comic-Con and seeing the thought already put into it, like, no, no, no. Taika knows what he's doing. He's going yeah. after a specific <laughs> angle, storytelling. Tessa Thompson's back. I'm a big fan of Tessa yes. Thompson more than Spencer is of yeah. MA. Um, but, you know, <laughs> oh, and she's on. also going to be like fighting her own queen, right? So Yeah, which it, Kevin Feige finally announced that Valkyrie is the first, is the main LGBTQ character in the MCU. But it, 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 yeah. it makes you wonder how long ago did they rope Natalie Portman back into this because it's probably been some when time you, when you think about it it's kind of like Marvel treating this as like like Marvel's the boyfriend that acts like the girlfriend broke up with him and he's like no I'm gonna get you back I'm gonna keep mentioning you in movies and eventually you're going to come back I don't know if they ever really like five years ago four years ago did they really say hey in five years you're gonna be in Thor 4 no, like they just no, kept mentioning because Taika her. wasn't even in the game he was like exactly. making, he was making wilder people at the time yeah, like, yeah. and don't movie by the way Really good. Go but, see Humphrey the Wilder People. But yeah. it, it was like, I'm just going to keep mentioning you and breaking you down until you finally come back. Hmm. Here's the thing. It's this, a true love story. This comic arc is really good. Yes. And he, he Taika's up there. Taika balances. He's a silly dude. He comes up. He's in Hawaiian shirts all the time. And he, he's hilarious on social media. But he he balances emotion really well. Like some of the scenes in, in Hunt for the Wilder People or his uh, first film, Boy, which was like New Zealand's top gross, yes. grossing film, it hits. And he balances that that comedy and that emotion so well. Yeah. And in the comic arc, Jane Foster's dying of cancer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I won't say what happens because I didn't read the whole damn thing, but Thor's basically there and is kind of going through it with her and they find a way to make her right clearly, and that's probably how this happens. So Taika gets up there, he goes, I don't know if you know the story arc, but it's a lot of emotion, and it's a lot of, and so I, I trust him. A lot him, of love and thunder? Yeah, a lot of love and hey. thunder. But I trust <laughs> him to I trust him to, to do this. Yeah. Like, I think he'll be, I think he will make a, a great film, and to get him back for this, I think, you know, they, they had to have a really good reason, so. And yeah. And real quick about, let's spend just a little bit talking about Blade. Like this, like I said, this is one of the biggest gets in the Marvel Universe mm-hmm. because you have Mahershala who is flying high right now and we don't know what the story's gonna be. We just, uh, Blade's half human, half vampire and I can't wait to see how they slowly start to roll this out. The crazy shit is Blade could be in Thor. Yeah. Like he won't be probably, but like like this is where we're going and like like the idea of like vampires being introduced into the MCU and this like, whole this sub a, sub I think world. It's Doctor Strange. I think he might. Pop is it up a different Doctor universe? Strange. It might be. Yeah, Blade and Doctor Strange together would be pretty yeah. sweet. Like, I mean, how can you have vampires and not talk about them for the past like fifteen years in the Marvel universe and then say, "Oh wait, there's this guy that's been fighting vampires at midnight every night." Well, okay. remember when we saw Akita? Akira? No, I know what you're talking. You know about. what I'm talking um, about? Well, Mahershal is in that movie. Battle yeah. Angel, Attila, Alita, 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 Battle Angel. Yeah. Doc found you in the scrapyard, so you must be from up there. And I'm just an insignificant girl. That's what they want you to think. And Mahershal is in that, and he's got his he's got his blade glasses on the whole time, <laughs> and he's sitting there. And I, I hope he doesn't do it like that, but uh, no, he, no, it'll be it'll be great. And I said to Spencer yesterday, we were just walking. I was like, Blade has the potential to be the 
best film they do. Yes. It could be it could be incredible because I'm just such a big fan of the originals. So Marvel announced a ton of Disney Plus shows. We got Falcon and the Winter Soldier, WandaVision, Loki, What If, and Hawkeye. So Dane, take three. Baron Zemo will be the best Marvel villain hey. we will ever see. Yes. Spence's guy. And we're yes. gonna see it in a Disney Plus series with Bucky and listen, Falcon. Listen, or guys, Captain America, Captain America, my bad. You guys out there that's saying, his name now. You guys out there that's saying Thanos is the best villain. He is. And and, and no. Killmonger is the second best. Zemo back and watch Civil War and watch Baron Zemo just pick apart the Avengers without firing a single bullet. And now he's he's gonna he technically wasn't Baron Zemo in the first one. Now he will be Baron Zemo because he's gonna don that purple mask yes. with the uh He's got the gold kind of insignias around it. Yes. It's a dope look. And I love Daniel Bruhl as an actor. That's he's why I'm so actor. excited. I think he's going to nail this series. I think these these Disney Plus series are going to totally surprise us. Um, these are basically all, you know, they're, they're going to be movie production budgets. Well, real quick, I can give two shits about Hawkeye, about Loki. <laughs> I don't give a shit about Loki. Maybe the what ifs. WandaVision, I'm still new to it, but... I'm just here to see Baron Zemo just fucking exact chaos and have Falcon and Winter Soldier just trying to figure out what the fuck to do with it. I, that's all I care about with this Disney Plus stuff right now. The idea Until that, proven otherwise. And I know we talked about Winter Soldier, but the idea yeah. that that movie was made in 20, technically 13 and released in 2014. What they're going to do now with these characters, I think, and on that ground level stuff. That's why I'm so excited for Black Widow. I think they'll be doing the, a lot of the exact same stuff and, and, you know, stylistically fighting a lot of that with this. And Zemo, I have no idea. Last we left him, I guess he was incarcerated um, by out. T'Challa. But uh, yeah, we'll see, we'll see what happens. He's a smart dude. Smart dude. He's a dick, but he's a smart dude. Marvel is, <laughs> Kevin Feige and Marvel, they this is tricky territory right now, right? Where, where this this universe just keeps growing, right? And right. it's like, how do you keep these things as top-notch quality? And I think they're, it's gonna be tricky to make that happen across the board here. But mm -hmm. to your point, it is gonna be movie budgets, right? This is Disney Plus and Comic-Con, the announcements was essentially like, you gotta sign up for Disney Plus. Like mm -hmm. that, you come away from that, it's like, if you you're a Marvel MCU fan, there's no way you can't have a Disney Plus subscription. Um, interesting though, what if, that came out of nowhere. I love it. Um, and speaking of multiverse, this is their way of essentially kind of going back and doing stories. Like apparently the very first story is like, what if Peggy Carter was Captain America? Mm -hmm. right. They could do stuff like, what if, because Michael B. Jordan is part of the cast. They could do stuff like, yeah. what if he was actually Black Panther, right? Yeah. 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 Um, so it's, you know, it seems like it's stuff that's going to be based on the past, so it can't really affect the future, but it's a really smart way to go about it. Um, and Jeffrey Wright, I mean, that's, that's such a that's great one, That's cast. a big get. That's, that's going to be great. And that... As an animated series, I, I haven't been excited for one like yeah. this in a long time. And, you know, getting all those voice actors back too, uh, to come back and Josh Brolin, Josh Paul, Brolin, they're yeah. picking, they'll, they'll basically kind of play off where the movies go and then curveball it. So well, have you guys cool. seen Flashpoint? What if I'm not a hero? What if I'm just some guy who was struck by lightning? I don't think that bolt of lightning struck you, Barry. I think it chose you. Flashpoint is one of my favorite comic bar arcs yeah. ever. It DC so kills good. it in animated space. That, and, that and I'm not going to get onto this, but that would be an amazing film if they ever find a Flash director. <laughs> they're like 29 in. Yeah, right, they it's, keep it's, switching, right? It's funny yeah. because, you know, I've, we spent the past 20 or whatever minutes talking about the stuff that Marvel just announced. But in the back of their pocket, you know, Kevin Feige even said on stage, like, we haven't even had time to talk about 
Mutants. We haven't had time to talk about Fantastic, Fantastic Four. Four. We haven't yeah. had time to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy. Black that's Panther in production two. right now. Black Panther Captain 2. Marvel. Like, yeah. Marvel 2. They, no they, are Ant-Man, fucking, they are fucking stacked. There was, there was actually no mention of Spider-Man 2. Yeah, of, but that's more of, of a Sony what, thing. Right? It's more of a Sony yeah. thing, but... Let's, let's, yeah. Sony's going to ride this. We also, know how, you also know how quickly these things change. He did the same kind of announcement five years ago, and yeah. Spider-Man wasn't even on the What on was the interesting is that phase four was only two years. So he's saying mm-hmm. rather than announcing a five-year slate, he just made it two years, and we'll, you know, we'll see. Like every, We're used to every phase ending with an Avengers movie, right. and I guess this one doesn't as of right now. And or maybe. We're getting we like, like, like one-off six-hour movies, technically, yeah. on whatever. I don't know how they're doing it, six to eight episodes, whatever it may be. Um, I'd imagine they're hour long, uh, maybe longer. I don't know. But um, with the MCU doing this, I, I, I couldn't be more excited. And I think I think it's it's just a great opportunity to give some of these, um, you know, lower tier characters time to shine. And I, I will say... Before, Except Loki, dude. I'm over it. Get <laughs> before, out of here. Before we finish up our Marvel talk, I will say I was wrong last time we talked about Comic-Con because I really wanted DC to kind of hijack the commercial space, ad space, something to take away some of the steam from Marvel. Like they have so many dope projects in production right now. I was hoping to get at least a Joker trailer or a Wonder Woman uh, 1984 trailer. Yeah. But it seemed like they, they're keeping everything close to chest because they don't want to play this cat and mouse game with Marvel, which it's smart because yeah. Marvel's <laughs> outpacing them. Yeah, yeah. So. And actually uh, the writer of Wonder Woman, Woman uh, 1984, I believe is taking on Chang chi Nice. So, um, you know, like he must've done well but I was hoping for that too, and we didn't really get it. But the Marvel Marvel announcements, I mean, you could go all day with these, and uh, we still have some time to wait. But 2020 is not that far away, and Black Widow will be here. Probably a trailer will probably drop, drop pretty soon, yeah. next coming months. We had a lot more trailers coming out this past week. We had Top Gun, mm. Jay and Silent Bob, Rambo, Star Trek, Mr. Rogers. So, Spencer, take four. These will all be fun as fuck. <laughs> like I'm, I'm watching all of these trailers. Like Jay and Silent He's Bob, big smiling when you said that. Specifically, Jay and Silent Bob was that first like slapdick movie growing up that I was like, these guys are just idiots, but it works. Like I loved watching that movie when it came out. You know, you go back to Top Gun, which is like fucking beach volleyball, sweat and jeans. Like yeah. it's going to be fun. I'm not saying I'm specifically seeing this movie for beach volleyball, but to see Tom Cruise like <laughs> flying jets. Like he's going to be flying just by himself, and what a uh, Mission Impossible! Yeah, he was flying a helicopter and doing the camera angles while he was flying it. So it's to the point now where I feel like Tom Cruise kind of has to die in production of a movie because he's taking on bigger and bigger risks the older he gets. Like he's like sixty something now. He kind of looked his age in this trailer. Yeah, he did. But I think they wanted him to look this age. I think so too. And again, you can't really hide being sixty. Like I thought it was, a, it, yeah. It, I thought it was a beautiful trailer. Like like, Ram like, R- Rambo Last Blood has fucking O Town. Was it O Town Road as the music? And yeah, it's literally is this movie is literally Home Alone. When you look at it, he's like he's like booby trapping his house. I can imagine fucking Rambo like YouTubing fucking Macaulay Culkin like how to videos of how to booby trap your house. So when people walk through the door, they get fucking split in the middle of the head with a fucking. He's fending off the wet bandits. <laughs> what were they? The sticky bandits. The sticky bandits. Sticky bandits. There's a sticky bandits or wet bandits. Whatever. 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 It's been a while. But then you, then you go down. You go down to Star Trek and it, Picard. Star Trek Picard, it seems like this is just another like version of Logan. 
where a younger character comes to Patrick Stewart and is like, I need yeah. you to help me, and hijinks ensue. But all of these things are movies that have come out over the past 20, 30 years plus, and they're still finding dope ways to show I mean, us. Th- think about this right now. We just talked about the trailers for Top Gun, <laughs> Rambo, Jane Silent Bob, and Star Trek Picard. Like, there's nothing new here, but I'm still excited for it. <laughs> and even even like, Mr. Rogers uh, played yeah, by Tom Hanks. Yeah. Like, this is going to be such a delightful movie. It's going to be delightful and equally boring, and I can't wait. Because the whole time I'm thinking, oh, damn, we're really going to see like the paint cracking behind uh, Mr. Rogers. But really, it's the story of a battered uh, reporter kind of coming to Mr. Rogers and realizing through Mr. Rogers' life that there is some good in the world. Yeah. So... It's Tom Hanks. Like you, you don't hate Tom Hanks. It's like a lovable character playing a lovable character. We are trying to give the world positive ways of dealing with their feelings. Yeah, like what? There are many things you can do. He, I kind of got goosebumps when he uh, the trailer started, and then it the kind of frame changed and it's him in that old house and he walks out and he's like, hello, like to my name. And I'm like, whoa, I remember that. (laughs) But also I just love that I've never not seen Mr. Rogers and now Tom Hanks as Mr. Rogers not smile. Yeah. And uh, that, that one, oddly, I'm probably most excited about. I actually have kind of crazy news. I have never seen, and I get shit for this a lot. I have never seen the first Top Gun. Neither, neither have I. Yeah. Really? Okay. Neither have I. So uh, if you guys are listening, uh, go check out Dave Damashek football program because Spencer and I were on there recently, mm-hmm. uh, last week, and Spencer does a really good job taking Damashek's movie quiz over at the NFL. And during that episode, Spencer gets, you know, you 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 find out that I have some blind spots. I'm not a big Tom Cruise guy. <laughs> yeah, he's not. And yeah. I've never seen Top Gun. And he does really? like sports movies. I don't, don't get like it. Sports movies. Well, don't so do it. my friends like swear by it, and I just kind of sit there like, "Oh, have you seen Star Wars?" <laughs> <laughs> I got a fun fact about Top Gun. My, you know that motorcycle de- scene? Yeah. That, I mean, Spencer, yeah. I mean, you're the only one. I'm just talking to you yes. because no one Fuck else has seen guys. this movie. Um, <laughs> the motorcycle scene where uh, he's driving up, chasing the the woman uh-huh. to like catch up to her. I was afraid that everyone in that tax trailer would see right through me, and I just don't want anyone to know that I've fallen for you. My old apartment in San Diego is in that shot. It's in it? Oh, mm-hmm. shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Let's go watch it. It's a fun fact. I'm going to go back and watch it. It's a, it's a bro movie. So you guys it's don't need to watch it. Movie. It's a bro movie. Get, it's, a, it's a lot of high fives. It's, it's a lot of such testosterone. A <laughs> I, gave it a, I gave it a shot on, the pl- on a flight maybe like a year ago. And 20 minutes, I'm like, nah, I can't do with all this I, bromance. I have a hot take about it. The, the writer is obsessed with hygiene. So if you go back and watch that movie... They reference like, oh, you smell like you need to take a shower. And then there's like another scene where Tom Cruise is like, but I need to shower. Yeah. He says it like, all right. He's like, but I, I I need to go home and shower. It's like, you can just shower here. The person who wrote that movie is obsessed with hygiene. Ladies and gentlemen. Hey. Boys and girls, that's what you get here on film study. That random hey. detail and nuance that, you know, Less. the writer of Top Gun is obsessed with hygiene. Last <laughs> thing I'll say about Top Gun, Val Kilmer is stoked to have work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Val, but I, I, God, man, it's did been you a guy, while. Did you guys see the report that Tom Cruise made all his co-stars actually learn to fly F-15? <laughs> like, no, I didn't. You know he's like a, I wouldn't want to do he's that. He's a stunt nut. Like, he does a lot of his stunts, and like apparently that was a requirement in making this movie. He, I mean, man, it's 57 years old. 
that's what I'm saying well, is it's only right for Tom Cruise to die in the production <laughs> of Mission Impossible 19 when he's fucking scaling Mount Everest and his foot freezes and he falls off a mountain. Like something absurd because wild. the older he gets, the more he thinks like, no, I can still do this. And he wants to fucking like Josh fly Norman F-15s. flying over the, the raging bulls exactly. a couple of weeks ago. Like, yeah, that, shit was, that shit was funny. We could speculate all day about how Tom Cruise is possibly going to die in a movie. But let us know on social media how you think Tom Cruise uh, will possibly die. And check out his running montage on YouTube. It's 20 (laughs) minutes of him just running. I think we've exhausted the hot takes. It is a nice, cool ember. And I think it is uh, time to move on to... love for race transitions. I think it's time to move on to the review. Let me Google ember. The Lion King. (laughs) And I'm actually going to call an audible here, TD. You didn't even know I was going to do this. I'm, I'm going to hop out of here now because I, I didn't see the movie. Whoa. I didn't see the movie and I have Whoa. nothing insightful to say. So I am going to leave. Uh, it was an amazing podcast with you guys. Thank you for having me. All right, guys, I'm taking over here as the villain producer. We're back to it. Dun, Lion dun, dun. King review, all right? As listen, a scar of the proceedings. Listen, I'm 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 setting the stage with this. I, nobody saw this. Nobody had a better viewing of seeing this than myself this we'll, weekend. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. Actually, you know what? You know, first of all, let, let's let the audience know what we do. Overall thoughts, highlights, nitpicks, and then we look to the future of this movie franchise. If there is one, Disney, yes. we'll, we'll go over that. But before that, how did you see this movie, Spencer? So I bought these, uh, case in point, uh, I just had my son last Wednesday, so we're, we're recording right now on the 22nd, and I had my son on July 10th. Two weeks before that, I had bought Lion King tickets on the 19th. Mm-hmm. So our actual due date was the 16th. I'm looking at my wife like, listen, you got three days to get right because Lion King's coming out that Friday and we're not fucking missing it. Yeah. So again, my son was born the tenth, and it, I remember immediately when he came out, I was like, "Oh, great! We have we have nine days to to lock the shit out." <laughs> so we <laughs> dropped my daughter off at school Priorities. at nine o'clock. <laughs> we went and got breakfast, and we took my newborn son, my nine day old son, to see Lion King. We had him bundled up. We had the reclining seats. We had a fucking bottle ready just in case he started crying. He did for a little bit, but I snuffed him with the bottle. I saw Lion King with my newborn fucking wow. eight, nine-day-old son, and it was amazing. At First one point, word's going to be Simba. At one point, I was like, should I stand up and do the pride rock? Like We talked about this. Of, you told me, go, yeah, yeah, go sit in the front row when that like, happens. Hold that baby up and get a cool silhouette. If you're going to do that, you have to do it. Like, what, What's going on? If you're going to take your nine-year-old, nine-day-old kid. Because nah, you, you know what parents in there are like, is anyone else going to do this? <laughs> like, let's figure this out. I was I was hoping that there would have been somebody else in there that would have done it so we can kind of like lock eyes. Like, all right, are we in this? Are we in this together? <laughs> but that's how I saw the new Lion King, and it made it that much more that's dope awesome. for me because, you know, when Mufasa's talking to Simba about, you know, the circle of life and yep. how everything to like touch is, is is ours and whatnot. I was like looking at my son, like, bro, like, are you hearing this shit? Like, yeah, yeah. Seep this into you right now. Yeah, this no. podcast will be yours one day, son. <laughs> Quickly, overall thoughts. My overall thoughts were, like you said, I appreciated this movie, and strictly from a technological standpoint. When you go back to 1994, I mean, we talked about a couple weeks ago, where it took them three years to make the software to just do the stampede that killed Mufasa. Yeah. 
So the fact that we're getting that in what is fucking seems like live action, there were some parts in there where I'm like, whoa, I'm actually watching like National Geographic right now. Yeah. Like I marveled at the technology they threw into it because it was dope overall. Yeah, I kind of walked out of it cross-eyed because I had no idea like what the hell like <laughs> I was wrapping my head around, but I had a blast. I mean, it was fun. Look, you and I, we're, we're like this where like we know we... We go in like not expecting more than what it, it is. You know what I mean? Like and we I already know the story. Yeah, I knew the story. I knew what the movie was going to be. I, to me, I really wanted to just go see how the hell they were going to pull this off. Yeah. And there were moments in it, like we were we were talking, just like when Simba started the, started talking and was getting emotional. I didn't really see that in a lot of the characters. Yeah. As the and that was probably you know one of my small complaints. But overall, I had a fun time in the movie. I was waiting for it to kind of get to that emotional height mm-hmm. like like the animated one did and I didn't feel that as much at the end but um well that's I mean and sorry for cutting you off but there's been a lot of hoopla about how the hoopla. animals aren't showing like facial emotion expression everything and yeah. that's what sucks I'm like lions don't emote be, I'm like because I, they're trying to give you a realistic view of a lion and by the uh, way he's they're fucking talking but I also never want to be that person who's like complaining about animals talking exactly. to each other you know what I mean I don't want to be that guy and I'm not but it was just an adjustment mentally I'm yes. like oh shit okay this is all animals this is <laughs> happening like and that was just an adjustment. I I, I know because I was at the movie and I heard a couple people walk out and they were just like, it wasn't, you know, like wasn't lifelike. It wasn't I'm like, what the fuck are you talking like, about? I'm sorry. So, you know, lions, yeah. you know how <laughs> lifelike lions can be like, like, think about it last year and we had uh, Marvel and Infinity War. You had a genetically modified raccoon crying over his son tree and we felt it. We and, felt for that raccoon in that tree. So you're telling me a year later you're fucking snuffing your face at at lions not showing emotion. I'm like, the fact that we are so up in arms about this proves that technology is fucking dope, and yes. we should just yep. marvel in it. We're at a great moment in cinema right now. <laughs> well, let's not let's not get too deep into other people hating, right? And this yes. is all, all, overall our thoughts and love that what you guys said. And I'll just quickly recap what I did text you was like I appreciated it more than I yes. actually enjoyed it. I'm yes, Lion King animated is like the, my favorite thing of all time. I have like six different versions of it: books, the movies, the games, mm-hmm. at the beach towel. Like that was that was me, right? <laughs> You're a big advocate. Um, yeah, massive, like massively. So um, I've seen it in theater, Broadway, scores, all that stuff. But yeah. I almost felt like this was like a appreciation of that, almost like a love letter to that, just how massive that movie was. Like the fact that they haven't tried this. Yeah. Again, yeah. this is the first live action Disney project that doesn't have a human being in it. And yeah, that's yeah. that presents its own challenges. Um, so that was, those were my overall thoughts, but let's get into the highlights, right? What, you know, what really stood out to you guys? What did you guys really like? I thought, um, and damn, I get to fuck up a name today. Chidwell? Uh, you Chidwell? fucked this one up Chidwell before Chidwell Edgy 4 Chidwell Edgy 4 I think he did great in this movie. I think the cards were stacked against him because everybody wanted the flamboyant, the lively scar, but he gave you a very sadistic, you know, loner type Scar, kind of a new imagining of it. Yes, some, most of the lines are still the same, but my baseline for a good Scar is after Mufasa dies and he's talking to Simba and he tells him, run away and never come back, you have to hit that never. Yeah. Like the original hit it, Chidwell hit it, you have to hit that never if you're going to play Scar, and he did it. He did. He did it. He, Scar, was, Scar was a highlight for sure. Um, he did nail that. 
Because that was a really important thing. Because that could come off like, and never come back. Like, never come back. Please you, have don't. To, like, you have to get dirty when Be you really say inconvenient it. if you came back. <laughs> and it was. But uh, yeah, that was it. Scar was a highlight. I actually, I really kind of sat in the Mufasa and Simba moments the most I could. Mm -hmm. uh, oddly enough, like the moments I got most emotional weren't probably the ones people would think. It was probably just seeing them interact, knowing what's about to happen. And uh, I, I thought I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah, I, the visuals were just. Yeah, I mean, that's that's it, it was incredible. Yeah. And that opening scene uh, 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 on Pride Rock yeah. uh, to kick the movie off was, did a, your, was a good did way to kind of set it. Give it a cheer once that once you first. <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that no, some guy in the back was like, yeah. applause. And when that, yeah. when that Lion King black card hits, it's like, oh, yeah. we're in it. Yeah, we are, we are fucking here. It was, it was cool. And it was, it, yeah. I mean, I hadn't seen the movie in some time. And uh, I was... I was excited. It was cool. It was very nostalgic. And I'm, yeah. you know, I'm like that. I think, uh, I think Gambino came through strong. He did. Donald yep. Glover, Childish Gambino, uh, where he kind of pops through his reveals, like him popping through bushes and, and singing, um, uh, Kuna Matata. And I was, I was worried at first because this is obviously like one of the most iconic songs that came out of uh, Lion King, but he put his own little spin. He had his own little runoffs on it uh, vocally. So yep. I remember looking at my wife and thinking like, yo, he's, he's right for this role. He's, yeah. I'm not saying nobody else should have played him. Cause I think they still could have got the point across with no name actors. But the fact that I'm watching my favorite artists be one of my favorite animated characters in a somewhat live action rendering, it was a good time altogether. Yeah. And I do, you know, speaking of just especially doing the Hakuna Matata like sort of montage, mm -hmm. I do love the line from Timon and Pumbaa of like, you've grown like, yeah. like you know, like, you know, 50 pounds since the song started. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. And that yeah. transition to that's, that was one of the highlights for me. I thought Timon and Pumbaa, Seth Rogen, yes. and Billy Eckner, right? Eckner, Eckner. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Eichner. They were great. They, they were, were great. Every time they were on, on camera, they were great. Um, that was a big that was a big win for me. And, and to your point, like just overall visuals, I do think where they struggled, and we'll get some nitpicks here, just because in general, like this is such a movie that was going up against such a high standard mm -hmm. that is probably more nitpicks than highlights as a result of that. But yeah. I do think that they did such a good job of just bringing that realistic look of an of a lion to life. Um, hyenas, not so much, and we'll get to that in a second. But um, yeah, that was that was those are the two main highlights: visuals and Timon and Pumbaa for me. And and you gotta. You gotta respect John Favreau for doing this. He's like, yes. like you. This is audacious. This is the Lion King. Like he yeah. went in and like I know he just probably worked so hard to make this right to satisfy the fanboys. I mean, he's dealt with Marvel, but he did that early on. Yeah, and he took a risk with that. Where this is just, this is massive. Yeah, it wasn't as well reviewed as Jungle Book, right? So it was we not. Point that out. Jungle Book was somewhere in the nineties, as far as Rotten Tomatoes goes, and well. As we're recording, Lion King is somewhere in like the 57, 58, which is which is actually a rotten on Rotten Tomatoes. But you know, again, it's not really about that. Um, but let's use that. Let's actually, you know, transition to nitpicks here because a lot of people are coming out and saying oh, it wasn't this, not my Lion King, all that type, type yeah. of talk. Yeah, not my. We're really still, I can kick <laughs> this off. Lion King, shut up. <laughs> One thing that stood out to me from the get go, and I know you mentioned Scar and Chitwo, and big fan of his. However, though, be prepared. Oh my that god, that was a departure I was not ready yeah. for. Um, yeah. And the word going into this movie, at, you know, a few months prior to was that Be Prepared was actually not in the movie. Like they were taking that out. Oh, and wow. so who knows whether they changed that or 
you know, it was just a different rendition of it. However, what we do get is something that was more like spoken word. It was like an interlude. Uh, yeah, almost like an interlude, spoken yeah. word. Like, yeah, you know, you're like, is he singing? Poetry. Oh, shit. He's, he's a little, singing a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And then it's also a lot shorter. But yeah. if some of the reason I've read online is the idea of like the original Be Prepared was so demeaning to hyenas. Yeah. And, and so it had could, Nazi ties. The, the formations and everything right, was tied right. into... I forgot to about that. They're yes. literally marching. The marching and, and everything. And they're like yes. looking up at Scar. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they were like, let's not throw... Let's not forgot that. about I that. Into it. I remember so that. So like, Be Prepared is my dark horse for best song that came out of the original Lion yeah. King. It's the, fu- the song slaps. Might be like, the it, best villain Disney song of it, all time. Yeah. It hits. So when it started... I leaned over to my wife. I don't talk to my wife a lot in the movies. Apparently, it's like my third time in Lion King. I leaned over to my wife. But I was like, here we go. We're about to get it. Let's dance. And I'm like, okay, any moment now, he's about to, <laughs> that shit's about to go. And then he stops at the top of the mountain and it cuts off. I'm like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> well, you guys took one of like the best songs and made it an interlude or like you said, a spoken yeah. word. And that left me wanting more. No, nah, no, nah, you're right. No, that's, fucking Nazis. No, that, so that was yeah, that that was a departure. Um, another potential. And we talked about this during our prep. Was just the cast, right? I'll say this: Beyonce wasn't as bad as she I wasn't first, as I thank first you. Was gonna be. I, thank you. See, the, to your point, Spencer, you hit this on the on the on the nail right here. Was it's a matter of like she the her worst lines were in the trailers. Yes. Like I felt like her worst moments were in the trailers and other than that she was fine. So it was kind of like an odd job for the marketing team to do that. Mm-hmm. But she wasn't she wasn't bad. However though, I would say the overall cast here and we talked about this, it was more celebrity. Yeah. I might have I honestly would have preferred to wear more no name that could legitimately yeah. sing. Beyoncé yeah. obviously can sing, but the voice acting was was tricky at best. Yeah. Right? Like I think Beyoncé she was in a lose-lose coming into it because there's no way Beyonce can attach her name to something and be viewed as something not Beyonce or character yep. not Beyonce. Everybody's going into it like, oh, it's Simba and Beyonce, not Simba and Nala. You, know, yep. like you can you can make Donald Glover believable as a Simba, but Beyonce as it's Nala, Beyonce. You're, you're just going to tie it into her being her. I personally think she did not do a bad job at all. It was just when she was in a conversation with Simba, it felt normal. But when she had those like one-off sentences, lines. those some, statements. Some of those were lions painful. That's what it was like. Yeah, it was some like, of those were painful. I was low-key thinking she was going to say lions get information and I would have I would have fucking threw my child at the at the fucking screen. But when she the the longer she talked, it felt normal, but when she had those statements, those stand-up moments, yep. that's when it felt like a little forced, oh, yeah. this is lemonade. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I again, I don't think she did wrong at all. I don't think anyone did bad voice acting. Like yeah. I don't think anyone did a bad job. I think Beyonce's performance was less memorable than, you know, Seth Rogan's or Billy Eigner's or whatever it may be, but it didn't take me out of the movie. Yeah. And it didn't like it didn't I didn't go, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Because yeah. at the same time, it's a goddamn cat talking <laughs> yeah. in Africa, like to another line, like I didn't care enough to be like, "Oh, Beyonce, how dare you?" Yeah, yeah. no, Dude, I so, cared, Dan. Just let you know, I, I cared a lot. I, but, I, but you're the big Lion King I, guy. But I know? did also go into this movie just kind of like stripping expectations away and also keeping the animated separate from this. And that's and what that's, I was trying to say. Yeah, just yeah. keep it separate. It, it's not ruining your Lion no. King and none of that. It's a it's a different rendition, a different takeaway. They'll probably do another in twenty years. Did, uh, did any of you guys catch the Space Odyssey 
2001 Space Odyssey moment. Did no. not catch that. When no. Rafiki digs into his tree and pulls out his stick and kind of like raises oh, it up yeah, like hello old friend I'm like old friend yeah oh this is like uh, this is like great. a nod to two, hopefully it's a nod to 2001 Space Odyssey when the monkeys just beat the shit out of each other it's That's like good the no- sign of evolution but they I kind of laughed when I saw that because the whole time I'm like man what, like where's this motherfucker stick I thought like, John, I'm, I know I'm waiting for doing. it to happen I thought John Connie did a great job as I think he yeah. did too he had little to do but he, when he did it he nailed it that's a good uh, one of that's going to be in our little things segment so you could have held on to that but no we'll Fuck get it. to that um, Hyenas I we talked about the lions hyenas though like they were kind of in a candy valley for me yeah the facial I, I'm not sure what they did there why did you, it was like just let's just make them ugly Ke- yeah Keegan Michael Key Michael Key <laughs> thank you very Keegan much no it's yeah not. <laughs> so um, they you know their lead which I guess would be Bo- Goldberg played in the original she, Bonsai I believe was her name she was definitely more Shenzi Shenzi yeah she was yes. definitely more evil in this one locked in more serious they weren't as slapstick which is good right we talked about how the hyena hyena like brigade and team were yeah. part of the original animated Lion King and I think in this one obviously Lion King and hyenas are mortal enemies like that's yeah. the truth so that stays, but at least they're not just, like we said, they're not just dummies, right, in this version. But I, I liked it because it, it spoke more to Scar's story, too, because, yeah. you know, in the original, it has Scar sort of the leader of this pack of hyenas, where in, in the, this version, you see Scar as a complete loner, yeah. and Shinzi, voiced by Florence uh, Kasumba, she's the head of the hyenas. So yeah. when he comes to them and say, hey, look, we're going to kill these motherfuckers, She's it's more like, of a partnership. She, yeah, she's like, yeah. wait, why should we trust you? Yep. And it turns into a partnership because they're at the end of the day, Disney, you know, John Favreau are trying. To, they're trying to keep as much realism in this world as possible. So it's not like lions and hyenas are frolicking together. Like, hey, we're buddies. Yep. So the fact that you know they kind of made that slight twist to the story. It played into both characters even better. Scar yeah. being the one that's, you know. I can't alone. believe they showed the dung beetle actually pushing all that dung. Yeah. And just yeah. falling off. Yeah. I mean, everything they did was just. Was, was did you guys feel like this one was like less, and this is going to sound weird, but less Disney magical? Yep. Like it, it, they still wanted to keep the, um, you know, it's a musical side of things. You still have the songs, yeah. but it was like almost like they wanted to make it more grounded. And it was, they were in a, they were in a, you're just kind of in the middle in a few spots. Like, are you going for the, you know, magical Disney feel or are you going for something more grounded? And I felt that in a few spots. Like, they removed some lines, they changed some some lines of dialogue, and that stood out. Yeah, it, it felt like, again, they wanted to stay uh, as, as real as they could yeah. while telling yeah. this story. So I remember specifically when um, uh, I Just Can't Wait to Be King uh, was about to start, I'm thinking like, oh shit, how are they going to do this like animal totem pole in the middle of the song because back in the original version, yeah, yeah, like everybody, all the animals like climb on top of each yeah, other and make yeah. this big ass parade and then they fall and that's how, that's how uh, Zazu, gets Zazu gets lost. Captured, yeah. But when it doesn't happen, I'm like, I really wanted to see a live action totem pole, but I'm totally fine <laughs> if that and doesn't happen. I right. really wanted to see Mufasa, like a cloud turn into a Mufasa. Yeah. They, and I didn't but see But you saw it They kind of did facially. Yeah, I had trouble yeah. seeing it. Was the, it. When you had to see, whenever the lightning hit, it had a very faint image of yeah. eyes, oh, okay. the nose, and the mouth. I'm, so, I'll go a second time. I'll yeah. look for that. There wasn't Shit. a Rafiki lesson, though, when he smacks Simba with the stick. Yeah. And yeah. that was like, you either run from it or learn from it. Like, that was that was taken out of it. So Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I wonder if Black Panther got the those uh, that idea from Lion King. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, Ryan I mean, references like, Lion King and the Godfather's, you know, totally yeah, making just that on movie. that plane too, just kind of thinking yeah. how they connect. That, that was kind of cool. I thought um, so when we when we talked about 
um, what could we potentially see in this one that wasn't in the other one, where we talked about how Scar was going to potenti- potentially um, ask Nala to be yeah. his wife, to That's run the so. kingdom. Uh, we were wrong in that. Well, I, I would say I was wrong in that because he yeah, actually was propositioning yeah. Zerabi to do yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And I thought we would get it maybe one time of him saying like, hey, you know, like let's rule this kingdom together. But that was his through line throughout that entire well, like third act is yeah. him being like, are you going to yeah, be my woman up? or not? Like, yeah. like, come on. And she's like, and no, yeah, get the fuck out of here. That was the thing. I think the third act for me, like it just didn't get to that point mm-hmm. that yeah. I was looking for. And like, I knew it was going to happen. So obviously there were no surprises, but yeah, that kind of, I guess that's a way to put it. Yeah. That Disney magic where I was kind of like, I what wanted a little more and I don't even know what that is. That's yeah. the weird thing. I, like we were talking about this and I'm like, dude, I don't even know how to critique this film. Like, be, you know, just outside of just general good and bad and like, you know, because I, I can't speak to the visuals. I can't speak to what those artists are doing. But I would, Yeah, I would say one way to critique this film is that the reality is the Lion King story doesn't just have a lot of depth to it. So when you actually make it a two hour movie yeah. and it, there's a there's a sense of realism involved, you start. There's some weird motivations and how do you get from point A to it's point B. It's very predictable. Yeah, it just, yeah. it's very simple. Um, I don't mean that in a bad way. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, again, when you make it a two hour movie, um, that makes it kind of, you kind of see the holes in the story. It's like, ah, okay, that doesn't quite connect. But all right, we're moving along with it. Um, I would say that one of the new additions is you actually see Nala escaping from Pride Rock. Yes. And that was a scene that actually was, you know, had a suspense and, you know, and almost like you, you could feel her tension in that moment, um, kind of ducking Scar and just running away. Mm-hmm. So that was interesting. Um, they really didn't add much else. I mean, there was a really, really prolonged scene of Simber's mane essentially getting yeah. from, you know, from where he was with Timon and Pumbaa all right. the way to, to Rafiki. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, it's pretty much shot for shot. Yeah. I think, yeah. um, and, and diving into some of the little things, I thought, yeah. like how we talked about a little bit before, but they did have a Beauty and the Beast nod into yep. this. Yes. And that was a moment that uh, I, I appreciate it because it's like, oh, you, at the end of the day, this is a Disney movie. Yeah. And Disney is king on leaving Easter eggs and having rollover from other films. So I thought it I thought it was dope. Yeah. It's a family film. Yeah. You know? You took your not, like nine day old baby. You yeah. know? So I do want to point out because it's a social media thing, right? The Nala looks in the animated version, there's a certain way Nala looks at Simba. He, she know. was like, hey. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, all right, you're about to get it. And in this version, it's a little bit different. Um, but it's there. It's, it's kind of a rushed. little bit different. You can yeah, tell, they they rushed a little bit. Focus. I loved. Can you feel the love tonight? Yeah, but there's that there's that moment where that look, in, in in the original she's lying on her back and she gives him that like, so are we doing this or not look? <laughs> and in this one, she gives him a slight look, but then she just kind of literally licks his chin and, and keeps walking. Yeah. I'm like, nah, like it's she was supposed same. to. It's not the same. She's so <laughs> supposed to. It's hard to get. It's you know? 2019, Nala. You know, hey, take what you want. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's no, funny. And then, and lastly, also in the credits, um, again, I haven't seen this movie in, th- in you know in Broadway. Um, the the opening of, of the Broadway show is actually opening for Lion King two, mm. so they don't have that in the actual movie, but in the post credits they do. So, which which is a really really good song if you haven't heard it, go check it out. Yeah, and throwing and throwing a quick nod to Lion King: The Gift, uh, executive produced by Beyonce. Yep. It's an ensemble. Uh, album just sounds from all over the world, but mainly focused on on African sounds. But it has people Gambino's in it, Jay Z's on it, Beyonce's on it. Uh, I want to say uh, just a, a lot of a lot of dope 
sounds, new sounds that you probably aren't used to hearing. So whatever on whatever streaming service that you have, look up The Lion King, The Gift. Uh, again, Definitely. executive produced by Beyonce. So it's, it's probably fucking dope. I've listened to it a couple times. So I will put my stamp on it and say, Go listen to and it. And I know it has some interludes as well from the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the song I was re- referencing was He Lives in You, performed by Labo. So yes. definitely check that out as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's the, what's, the, what's the future of Lion King? Is this that in 20 or 30 years they're going to come out with whatever new technology it is? Are they going to put us in the movie in <laughs> VR or something like that? You know, Elon Musk is, is working on a, on a device that can tap your brain into the internet. So like... You know, extrapolate that twenty to thirty years. What are the we fuck? are we going to be like side <laughs> characters in Lion Wait, King down out. the road? We're tapping into the internet with our yeah. brands. Yeah, this isn't a tech it's, podcast. It's, yeah, this no, is a movie. A okay, we brought it up. <laughs> That's crazy. We'll talk about you know, I have ADD. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> but so, what, what do you guys think the future of this? What is this like? I have probably the hottest take of this podcast. But Dan, I'm gonna let you go first. Oh shit! That was a curveball. <laughs> uh, I don't think there will be a future. Mm-hmm. I think they're just going to keep making Disney standalone movies and this one was made. It did what it did. I'm sure we'll get a remake. I don't think they're going to do anything next. If they do Lion King 2, I wouldn't be shocked, but I would be a little surprised. Would say this. So like Jungle Book, there is going to be a sequel, mm-hmm. right? There's going to be a Jungle Book 2. And I think Favreau was also working on that. Um, I don't know if they're going to make a Lion King 2, but as one of the very few, very few Lion King 2 truthers, I would say this. <laughs> The story in Lion King 2 is actually more for today's world than Lion King 1. Lion King 2, for those who haven't seen, is really, really focused on Simba's daughter. So it's almost mm. female-centric. You see Simba is a grown dad. Kiara is, you know, is his daughter's name. And it's the whole idea of, like, how do you merge two different groups of lions? Like, you have Scar, the Scar faction, the people that rule with Scar. Mm-hmm. And now trying to, you know, just... Is there a war? Is a it's almost like a civil war setup? It's, after, the, it's aftermath. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then you know, end of the day, it's all about unity and coming together and all that. So I actually think, in a lot of ways, that story, if it's also a less unknown story, and you can write more to it, it's not like if you change too much of the original Lion King, people are going to get mad at you. Yeah. Like they change a little things, like how Scar got his scar. Like that was alluded to a little bit differently. Um, and you know, obviously in this live action. However, the Lion King too is almost like open canvas. You can take the general structure and actually add more to it. So what we were talking about earlier about Lion King not having a lot of depth, you could do that with a Lion King too. Okay. Um, that being said, Nala doesn't have much of a role in Lion King too, mm-hmm. so you might need to find somebody else other than Beyonce to play that. Um, but I do th- again, I do think that if they wanted to and they have the technology now to do it, they can actually create a story that is different, but with an IP that's super, super popular. Well, not a lot of people know the story of Lion King 2, so it allows them more runway yes. to create new shit. It, you couldn't yeah. have given us a new reimagining of this Lion King because we, we wouldn't have accepted it. We wouldn't have accepted it. It, it, yeah. is, it is interesting, your Civil War comparison right there, where yeah. like, you know, uh, that's, I like history, I'm weird, but like, <laughs> but like you know, that, that area, like that reconstruction after, yeah. just figuring out how this works. And that dynamic is very much alive in The Lion King. I thought they were going to show us a little bit of that, like similar yeah. to Aladdin, and you see a little bit of the genie post, um, post-Jafar. I thought they were yeah. going to show us a little bit. They did it. Um, I'd be really again, interested to see that. Just, yeah, that could be it, but it all depends on if they want to and yeah. Any final thoughts here, guys? Any final words on Comic-Con, Lion King? Again, my, hit us up on social, at Film Study Pod, but I'm going to open it up to you guys for a final word here. Real, my final word with The Lion King specifically is, this wasn't a movie for today. 
this is a movie for the next 20 years. So people, we're in, we're in this, this culture right now where we need to over critique things and everything needs to be perfectly right and whatnot. Yeah. But in 10 years, we're gonna look back to this and marvel at what we got. Yeah. So this is our Lion King for the next 20 years. This is the Lion King that my daughter will probably grow up, grow up watching more so than the actual Lion That's King. That's a very movie. good point. So this is, this is the present and the future, next 20 years, this is our Lion King, so enjoy it. Yeah, no, that was that was very well said. Very profound, Spencer. Thank you. That I was tried. very nice, I saw it in your eyes. <laughs> um, yeah, no, good movie, fun, Spencer had it. <laughs> As someone who thought when the original came out that they were gonna show, the, I was gonna show my kid this and I was gonna have, need to freeze the VHS tape, um, I am still showing my kid the animated first. And because it's just more, it's just way more magical, right? Like you have to. So it's like the better songs, you know, even like the line delivery and a few of the spots here and there. Like I, I really preferred it, you know, back then. Um, but they will they'll obviously also watch this as well. So um, let's let's wrap it up there, guys. Um, thanks to you guys as always for listening to Film Study Pod. Hit us up on social. Send us your thoughts always. Subscribe to WRTS. That's uninterrupted athlete-led podcast channel we run this station shout out to a guy matt Perret who yep. hasn't seen lion king i wonder if you saw far from home because we didn't we didn't get his insights there. He's, he's been got ducking these movies. movies. Come on, he's ducking these. Start seeing your fucking movies. Speaking of movies, <laughs> speaking of movie scenes, shout out to uh, Chris, our editor and composer, who yes, doesn't sir. watch blockbuster movies. He's, he's too highbrow for that. Yeah. Uh, and Logan, our intern, uh, who's also too highbrow for regular movies. You guys want that. to talk about Midsummer or something? Right? I know. <laughs> they really want to dive into that. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll try to get Logan and Chris more involved here and see what get their movie taste. But uh, again, thank you guys for listening. This is a wrap for this episode. Of film study we'll be back on WRTS next Wednesday you can find me at Dan Mark and he is at Paysinger P-Y-S-N-G-R I'll let you say it see yeah yeah no vowels thanks guys appreciate it